Hey, coaches, welcome to Championship Culture. We got a fantastic guest tonight. Patrick Taylor is uh, the former head football coach at North Surrey High School in North Carolina. Uh, he was uh, at, at North Surrey for 12 years, head coach for three years. And most of you know Patrick. Uh, he is widely regarded as one of the elite uh, offensive minds, uh, air raid minds in our state and probably in the whole country. Uh, he's a, a Mike Leach disciple, uh, been on uh, many of YouTube channels and, and spoke at many clinics uh, because of his expertise, especially in the vertical game. But today we want to talk about culture and we want to talk about, uh, you know, not everyone knows, they, they know he's a great offensive mind, but they didn't know he's a great head football coach also. And we really want to talk about program building and, and culture today. So Patrick, thank you so much for being on here tonight, buddy. I appreciate it, man. It's, it's an honor to be on here and talk to you. I know you're a fellow air raid guy and we were just talking previously, both of us have spent time in Georgia and now back in North Carolina and found out that uh, you actually coached against me as a player. That's kind of a small world we're all in. <laughs> we did just figure that out, that Patrick was a player. That tells you how old I am. Patrick was a player when I was coaching my very first uh, head uh, high school as, as, a, as a head coach. It was my very first game as the head coach. And we played uh, his team from Macon. Didn't didn't realize uh, Patrick and his wife were both from Macon, and my girls were both born in Macon. So it is a small world. And uh, but thank you so much for being on here, buddy. And uh, and let's jump into it. So question number one: Can you give a one minute elevator introduction of yourself? Yeah, my name is Patrick Taylor. I'm uh, originally from Middle Georgia, and I started my coaching career there, and moved to North Carolina 14 years ago, and. Um, Spent two years at Northwoods High School and then uh, the last 12 um, at North Surrey uh, as a defensive and offensive coordinator and, and as head coach for the past three years. Um, and it's been a fun career. You know, I've got to meet. Uh, and you, you said I, I went out and spent three, three days with Coach Leach and uh, both of us have met Coach Mummy and, and, and been around the, the offense and been around programs and you know, at the end of the day, um, I've worked with some great kids and some great assistant coaches that's worked with me. And um, I always, I never say for me, but, you know, um, worked under me. And, you know, to be able to see them grow and reach their dreams and stuff like that is kind of what this is all about. And, you know, I've, I've, had, a, I've had a good run and, and very, very lucky of the things we've been able to do. And you have had a great run uh, and, uh, and uh, got many more in front of you. Uh, so let, let's start honing in because I'm really interested. You know, I, I've heard you speak so many. I used to always say uh, you were so smart that I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with you. You know, that you really are just an elite high-level guy, especially I love when you start talking four verts and, and offense. But you're also an elite head football coach. So, so question number two is how do you find culture in your program? I think it starts, I think it starts, and I would give anybody this advice, when when you become a head football coach, you also have to understand um, that it no longer is really about you. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that you have to start finding out a lot about the history of the program you're coaching, um, the good and the areas you need to work in. I never say bad, but the areas you need to improve in. Um, you also need to learn a lot about the kids. Um, what are their backgrounds where the, you know, how, you know, just the relationship building part of it um, is going to create that type of culture. But at the end of the day, um, a, after you learn all this stuff and you create all of these, uh, 
directions that you need to go with the program. Um, I do think at the end of the day, everybody wants structure and everybody wants discipline. And they want to be a part of something that does have a, a direction. And so with that being the case, um, you want to get some community involvement. Um, you want to get involvement through your little leagues. That's something that I've done and opened up my my offices and opened up my um, my my practice fields and stuff to my little league team that's coming in because they are your lifeline and building that trust with those guys um, and opening the doors for any questions I have or any way you can facilitate them helps a, a great deal. So I think when you talk about the culture, um, you have to really get, you know, from the community to the players to the the hallways of teachers involved in what you're doing. Um, one of my one of the guys that I look after um, and, and kind of he pulled me aside as a young coach, uh, Richard Hodges. He coached at Chris, Chris County, Georgia, and he finished his career up there at Warner Robins when they won a, a state title there in the mid 2000s. And he said, you know, he said the hallways with the teachers and the administration can make or break your culture and the success of what you're going to do. And you can only take it so far if they're not all on board with what you're doing. And so that's kind of one of the things I, I try to establish a great rapport with my administration and with the teachers in the hallways. The teachers know you got their back and, and they see the kids are excelling in the classroom and on the field. I think at the end of the day, that helps create a big uh, and helps define your culture. That's awesome, man. I, I love the part about the hallways and it, that was a kick in the tail for me to do a better job in, in the hallways with the teachers. I used to always say, you know, uh, humans just have it in them that they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, but they also want to stand out. And I think football is kind of uniquely situated and suited for that, you know, that we kind of feed both ends of that, that spectrum. So great job there. Uh, Question number three, and this is the big one, man. This is the one we want to we want to steal more than your vertical game. What are the three best things you do to build culture in your program? Uh, I think that I think that you have to give um, players ownership. Um, whether that's if if you're creating some type of leadership uh, school or you're you know having leadership classes, creating captains. Um, one of the things I did when I took over at North Surrey is I sat down with my seniors and um, we had a, we had a roundtable meeting and I said, what do you like and dislike about this program? Honest. We can be 100 percent honest in here. And, you know, and that kind of gave me an insight of, of what the players saw versus what coaches saw versus what and how we could kind of find the find the way to to you know, create uh, a smaller deficit between what they wanted and versus, you know, what we wanted and be able to put that into one common goal. So I like giving players ownership. I do like giving them leadership, but I think you also have to foster that leadership into um, the the team goal. Um, another, another thing that we have, we have done um, in the past is um, when, when I was in Georgia, we had, uh, we had, quite a few seniors that I, I really leaned on uh, in 2007 and eight that had really been there for four years and, and put the blood, sweat and tears into it. And, and I created teams um, that they checked on each other. Um, so there again, if a kid wasn't going to come to practice, a younger kid or something like that, um, they would report to me and tell me, and then I would handle it as a head coach to help it. But I think it meant more coming from player to player 
um, than always hearing it from the head coach or the assistant coach or whatnot, that if they care about what they're doing and the direction you're going, you're going to go a whole lot further. Um, I do think it is, you know, you can put rules on a wall and you can put rules in a page and everything else. But at the end of the day, if the guys aren't bought into the culture that you're displaying and they don't have some type of ownership in it, it's only going to go so far. And then probably, you know, the last thing I do is I try to serve them. Um, I try to market as, as a servant leader, you know, um, take care of the, you know, as we do with take care of the laundry and stuff like that, but getting to know them off the field. I've always said this, you know, um, there are players have needs outside of that helmet and that shoulder pads and those lights on Friday night. Um, sometimes it's nutritional needs. Sometimes it's a father figure needs. Sometimes it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. So developing those relationships and being able to meet those needs outside of the confines of that coaching office and that gridiron, I think really helps instill the culture and helps. I'm big on serving the guy next to you and playing for the guy next to you and everything else. And if as coaches, you model that, I think that if you're modeling that, then at the end of the day, my big thing was always unity over self. Make a decision for the best or the greater the good versus what's selfishly better than you, for you. And so if I'm constantly as a head coach or as a coordinator or whatnot, if I'm reaching down and doing something that maybe some people might see that, well, that's the trainer's job or that's this job. No, it's everybody's job to keep this thing going forward. And nobody's too big to do anything. And I think that's one way of modeling that servant leadership that you want, that mindset of stopping somebody on fourth and one or making that big play to win the game. You know, I think that's one of the big things that you can do to develop culture. I love it, man. I, you're the, the second guy in about three weeks that, that's really brought this concept of serving your players to the forefront. I really, I really love it. And it's really preaching to me, you know, something I need to be hearing is, is uh, you know when you view the kids that way, uh, that it's that it's our job to serve them and to help them. Uh, it really changes the dynamics out there and changes I don't know changes my heart when I think about it that way. So that's really something I appreciate you talking about it because that's that's really something that I, I need to be adding to how I think about things. Uh, so great job on that. Uh, question number four. Uh, you've been in it a while, man. You're not, you're not a rookie guy anymore in Georgia. You're, you're the veteran guy now. What do you know now that you wish you knew when you first got started? Um, I think every coach, when they first start out, um, they feel the pressures of looking at 300 wins. And, you know, this coach is a Hall of Fame. And everybody has these, these lofty goals as, a, as, as becoming a head coach. I mean, you'd be crazy not to think, well, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to have a stadium named after me or something like that. I mean, everybody has these lofty goals when you're sitting there and your, your head's spinning at night and you're staring at the ceiling. Um, I, I will tell you this. Um, the relationships that you, that you create with players over the years are more important than the wins and the losses you're going to have at the end of your career. I've been fortunate enough to be a groomsman and one of my former players um, weddings. I, I, I get calls when they're having their first baby. I, you know, when they're getting married, you get to go to their weddings. You know, they pop back in the office and and that. And uh, I, I think that's you know one of the things that I wish I would have known earlier 
with some of my younger players earlier in my career that it's really the wins and losses are going to come as a result of of those relationships that you forge you can only you know I, I relate it to any kind of animal that you're close to if if that animal loves you he's going to do more for you whether it's a horse you know if you've never been on the horse and it doesn't know you well it's it's not going to be as inclined to to uh, do exactly what you tell it to do but if you have a closer relationship with it and it trusts you and it, and it understands you then it's going to be a little different and probably the other thing that I think all of us coaches um deal with is you know I had two young girls so I didn't have a boy to to you know to coach or anything else and um I, I will say this for young coaches especially young head football coaches my daughters are now a senior in college and I have a sophomore in college and um I'll say this, take time away with your family because the years go by really, really, really fast and you'll look up one day and they'll be grown. And so, yes, you know, we first got into football. It, it, it was, it was kind of an eight month job in a way, you know, and you worked out through the wintertime, you had spring practice, but now it's a 12 month job. And, um, it, it is. It's a 12-month job, and it's a lot more. It entails – we're no longer sending out VHS tapes and DVDs. you you got to get stuff sent out right now. And, you know, recruiting's changed. I know you know that, Coach, and, and everything else. But you still have to find a way to step away and be who you need to be to your, your wife, your spouse, your, your kids, and everything else. It's okay to see a volleyball game or to go watch a dance recital or something like that. I promise you, um, you'll regret it in the long run if you hadn't. So I think you know, looking back at the, at the young coach Taylor, um, that those are two points that I would say, man, I wish I'd have done that differently, or I wish I'd have known that somebody had pulled me to the side and said, look, this is how it's going to be twenty years from now. Make sure that you kind of check these boxes. That's awesome, man. And you know that you, you're talking to a father of two girls also. So I, I tell people I, I've seen more horse movies and princess movies and dance recitals and Taylor Swift concerts. It, it, I, I've seen enough to kill most men. So yeah. I, I know exactly what you're, you're talking about. And, it, and I always thought it helped my coaching that you know, my girls softened me a little bit. You know, that I probably yeah. would have been a lot rougher on them poor guys if I hadn't had them girls at home that, to soften me up. Uh, I also, I remember, and I'm trying to remember his name. Was it Coach Kynes that was at UGA as the D coordinator years ago? Yes. And, and I remember him speaking at a clinic one time, at their clinic, at the UGA clinic. And he told a story about when he, he dropped his little girl off her first day of kindergarten. And he, and he walked her in and left her there and, and said the very next day she graduated from high school. And then the very next day after that, she graduated from college. And the day after that, she was getting married. And he said, it happened so fast, it, it almost made his head spin. And he said he spent that time, you know, that, that time between when she got engaged and when she got married, he said he bothered her to death because he wanted to be with her every single second to try to catch up some of that time that he had missed being a football coach. So I just think, you know, young guys won't understand that at all. But as you get older and your kids get older, Man, that that's uh, that's the most important part of life, and uh, you don't want to miss it. So you nailed you nailed that one too, Coach. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad I am glad we got you on this. You've been nailing it. All right, uh, number five. Uh, are you on Twitter? I think I think I you're on. Yeah. Twitter. Can you give your Twitter handle? Do you remember it? 
my my Twitter handle. Um, my main one is um, is at uh, Patrick underscore Taylor four, and I have another one that's uh, uh, call six to score and uh, or I'm sorry, just call six. And you can look up both of those. And, and of course, six has to do with the four verticals. But um, at Patrick underscore Taylor four is my main one. And uh, I've just had it forever. But I post some of the four vertical stuff on the other one from time to time. But um, that's kind of I'll, that, I'll leave both of them in the show notes so that people can get up with you. And then is anything else you want anything you want to promote uh anything you want to talk about you got the last word coach no if if, if you have any questions or need anything or anything else don't uh, don't hesitate to reach out just reach out to me and and we will uh and we'll do as much as we can to help you in any way i can give you kind of any advice or or anything that that i possibly can if not i'll point you to people that can answer the question better than i can well, again, man, I appreciate you being on here. You, you hit a home run. Uh, I know everyone knows, uh, you know, what an offensive innovator and offensive mind you are, but it's good to hear uh, kind of the how, how you visualize and how you how you create your program when you're the head coach. And uh, you've always done a great job, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you're at next time because I know you're going to do a great job there also, buddy. I appreciate you, Coach. I really do appreciate you having me on. And like to get back together with you soon, man, and sit there and talk some ball. I'd love to, man. I got, I got to learn. I got to learn that vertical game from you, man. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. It's not hard. <laughs> Appreciate you.